These are our final conclusions. With our enthusiastic adherence to futurism, we will 1. Destroy the cult of the past, the obsession with the ancients, pedantry and academic formalism. 2. Totally invalidate all kinds of imitation. 3. Elevate all attempts at originality, however daring, however violent. 4. Bear bravely and proudly the smear of madness with which they try to gag all innovators. 5. Regard art critics as useless and dangerous. 6. Rebel against the tyranny of words, harmony and good taste and other loose expressions which can be used to destroy the works of Rembrandt, Goya and Rodin. 7. Sweep the whole field of art clean of all themes and subjects which have been used in the past. 8. Support and glory in our day-to-day -day world, a world which is going to be continually and splendidly transformed by victorious science. And those were the eight declarations of the Manifesto of Futurist Painters. Welcome to the second episode of The Manifest Image, the podcast about manifestos. <laughs> I'm Ariel de la Garza. And I'm Thomas Greengrass. So that manifesto was written in 1910, in late February, uh, later backdated to the 11th of February, as all futurist projects are usually. The 11th is an important day for them. Written by Umberto Boccioni, Carlo Cara, and Luigi Russolo, um, supposedly at the Porta Vittoria Cafe in Milan. Uh, and so the legend goes. Um, in a single day. Well, in a single day. And then uh, apparently Marinetti joined them later that night um, and put the finishing flourishes yeah. on. Gave his blessing, makes it yeah, canonical. And then finally wrote his name into it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, holding all the glory. Um, this manifesto was then supposedly shown in Naples in the theater uh, a bit later. And apparently, like all other futurist things, it inspired a riot of some kind and there were blows exchanged. Again, probably not true. Yeah. <laughs> that never really happened. They're so touchy, these but people, they aren't they? Oh, yeah, they are very much so. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, this is the second manifesto that we've, that we've, um, read yeah. for the podcast. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. What did you think? <sighs> oh, I mean, I mean, first impressions. Yeah, first Go. impressions. It's nowhere near as exciting as the first one. No, the, not the, at all. That's the manifesto uh, 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 of the foundation of futurism. Yeah, the foundation written of by yeah. F.T. Marinetti, in the, published in Le Figaro. Um, yeah, this is this is a far cry from that. It oh, lacks yeah, no, excitement. But then again, Marinetti is a poet. This is written by a load of artists, uh, of painters primarily. Yes, and they also said apparently it was written very like with a lot of difficulty. It was a difficult birth to, give to, yeah, to uh, make this one. Um, they made it in a day. I suppose for a rushed work, if we believe the legend. I, I don't. I, you know. I don't, no. I don't think anyone no. should. No. I mean, Marinetti said that, oh, yeah, this first one in Le Figaro. Yes, it's spontaneous. It was, it was, they gave versions of it throughout Italy, trying to, you know, get feedback on it. And only then saying, oh, yeah, we're our finished product. It was spontaneous. No. It's no. been heavily planned. This equally could very much be equally planned. But yeah, I mean, in, in either case, so this was in oh, fact yeah. published in Poesia, which was Marinetti's yeah. uh, poetry magazine that um, emphasized free verse over uh, the, the stodgy old ways of the past. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I tend to... Figures. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I tend to agree with you, though. This one is much less exciting. 
Um, but then again, you can't have that many super exciting ones, right? In, in this same vein, like you, the really exciting one is when you break with the past radically. Um, the yeah. continued breaking with the past radically feels a bit less exciting, I guess, on the first. But probably more than just that idea is is that which is not as well written. This one, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Whereas you know, past past listeners will have um, will remember. You know, we gave extensive uh, time airtime to. The beginning of the past manifesto that was this little story really of, yeah. of Marinetti running outside and almost killing a cyclist and the canals and so on. That, that was really quite exciting and it's full of this really verbo- like beautiful language and these descriptions and these animals and so on. Yeah. So, I mean, broadly speaking, it follows that scheme of having some prose at the beginning, then the actual declarations, and then a tiny bit of prose at the end. Mm-hmm. However... Marinetti's one uh, features him uh, giving this story, this narrative of the actual creation of the ideas of the manifesto, of the declaration. It ends with him uh, saying that he comes out of this car crash covered in these flecks of paint uh, and metal, uh, whilst also in this near-death experience, and then has these ideas about changing the world and changing everyday life. This however, has this little narrative element written primarily in the first and second person. So it's, it's, I mean, like all good manifestos, it tries to talk directly to you, um, but the language oh, is so much simpler. It's, it's impoverished when compared to the first one. Marinetti had this great, uh, 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 which I think also um, affected uh, the theory behind it. Um, when thinking of futurism as the artificial world versus the naturalistic, not at all. He uses the relevant language of the natural world, this certain vital language to do with living being this animalistic language, and uses that for the relevant uh, 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 sections of the artificial world that he really likes, um, such as speed. Um, This, however, lacks any of that language. And in fact, there are several places in this manifesto which we can talk about... um, I'll, I'll I'll just reference it now, actually. Mm-hmm. But actually, b- before you do that, yes. Before you do that, um, <clears throat> what's your summary of this manifesto? Ah, okay. So, a uh, brief summary. Uh, carrying on the future projects, a futurist project in terms of speed, hatred of the past, and of museums. Mm-hmm. Some slight innovation of its own, pushing futurism along. With, but not a lot, referencing science directly, mm-hmm. uh, whilst also mentioning a couple of figures, uh, because this is a painting manifesto specifically, sure. it's, it's for the visual arts. Then the declarations, and then a mediocre prose ending. Yeah. Very much <laughs> mediocre, go. yeah. No, no, no we, we, ha- we haven't got our, we hurl our defiance at the stars. No, 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 we just have this, this three-line <laughs> little ending that... Very much seems tacked on. Probably if we hadn't read the first manifesto, it might be a little more impressive. But just by comparison, it is lame. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. But then again, this manifesto has other things to do. Yes, know? very much It's so. meant to, I guess, where the rubber meets the road, I guess, is, is kind of what this manifesto... Well, not as much as the next manifesto. Um, but yeah, but hold on. So you're, but, but quite, you're a yeah. youth... You're a youth at this time. You yes. just read the first yes, one. In yes, yes, I've read the first one. And, and I'm wondering. You're turned on by it. Champing at the bit. Yeah. You know, wondering, but how can I do this? How yeah. can I implement my 
vitriolic hatred of exactly. the past and its successes. Yeah, you're aroused. You're participating. Oh, in riots. oh yeah. You're flo- you're you're damming the canals in order redirecting yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm them into the museum. at the canals. You then see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you're at the reading in Naples. How do you feel? Are you turned on still, or are you thinking? <laughs> ah, no. No, I, I, I probably am. I probably you am probably to are. degree. Um, it's not your favourite bit. No, no, it's not no. my favourite bit. Something different. But it'll keep you going. They've asked you to try it out. And You're not it, so sure about well, it. Well, but it'll start, I guess I guess it starts starts getting me thinking. Um, oh, how, no, how can I... not used to that, Ariel. Uh, no, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a painful, painful process. It's a painful process. And so now I have to start think, to think, you know, how, how can I actually put this into into my work, you know? But no, the first line, title, To the Young Artists of Italy. I mean, we know that Futurism is very much a nationalistic project, even though it begins in France. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it begins in France. And also, we have that tension in the first one between, yes, it's nationalism, and yet also to every human being who is alive. To everyone who is alive, we throw these declarations to you. So... Is this just for Italian artists? Clearly not. No, I mean obviously like, look, all, all, all of these places. things all of these all of these things are, are entirely applicable to every other place. Yeah. But futurism and nationalism do seem so so enmeshed. I mean, at least for the Italian futurists this was true. But then there are Russian futurists, there are French yeah. futurists, there are Swiss ones, good God. Um and then on and on oh, we man. go with different places, right? So um Yeah, I mean so what 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 do we what do we get from the start? What do we get from the start? Of yeah, this? The, that's a good the, place the, the to begin. The prose beginning exactly, and what are the themes? What's going on here? Because I think later on we should focus on how does it carry on the project of futurism? What things does it revive sure. in its in this manifesto? And maybe and maybe and then what does where it does shed, it? Right? Yeah, what does it shed? And where does, I mean, we've already mentioned it loses and where does the it depart? analytic language. Yeah. yeah. So here. We, I'll just read out the first line. The, um, you've already said that this is a translation by Robert Brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, the cry of rebellion, which we well, utter, Have I said? If not, have you? this is a translation yes. by Robert Brain. Not Brian Brain. Brain. <laughs> yeah, the cry of rebellion, which we utter, associates our ideals with those of the futurist poets. So, there we go. Nicely, explicitly connects to the yep. first. These ideals were not invented by some aesthetic clique. Now that is a crucial I mean, that's line. Complete bullshit. Yeah, it's, this was. Um, this what was. It, it, I mean, in fact, it was exactly that. It was an aesthetic clique, which it was. Just yeah, these, these five guys. Really. It's these five guys. Uh, who uh, are they? Well, you know, Severini, Severini, Boccioni, Cara, yeah. and Marinetti, right? Ma- no, uh, no. Um, Russolo. Uh, Russolo and we're missing one. Mm. Who are me? Who are we missing? Bala. Giacomo Bala. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but we, we, so we've got these, these five figures. Um, but following on from the first, where no, poets and arts, it's about everyday living. It's about changing mm-hmm. the way that you live your life. Okay, this one is the manifesto of the futurist painters. So it's obviously going to be a little bit more limited, but you get that sense of this is just one attribute mm-hmm. of a general revolution in living. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is meant yeah, to be I for mean, everyone. No, you, 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 you do, but so if we're charitable. but even, but even, no, of course, but like, but even mm. as painters, they're not as kind of invested in here, at least in in 
everyone changing the way they live or, or that, that changing the way you live fundamentally um, is as big a point to your art as it was for the Futurist Poets um, before? Probably not. I mm. mean, as we'll see later on, they want to get rid of all the same themes. Sure, but, but let's but but let's assume you know they're they're yeah. equally uh, they're, they're they they subscribe to the, to the previous to yes. to, to the, all that's been said before, yeah. right? And, the, and then we get the next a lovely sweeping claim: they are an expression of a violent desire which boils in the veins of every greatest artist today. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that, Ariel? As a young <laughs> as, as a, a young, young Italian who's yes. reading this. Yes, probably, probably do, probably do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh no. Okay. No, that's. Uh, I was thinking maybe I'm a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> it's not. It's not such a burning. There is again, you know, the impressionists have just swept through Europe, and there are these different school, <clears throat> differing schools that I think are at this point also creating academies of their own. So whilst you've had uh, the previous academy, you know, violently fight against impressionism and these these changing tides, mm. um, you you are starting to see some of these other forms become quite quite important, right? I mean, like like symbolism is quite big, yes. Uh, and some of these artists <clears throat> are starting to get really quite serious attention by this point. It's 1910, so. So, you know, there is some sense maybe where the academy is transforming and changing a bit, or obviously they see all academy as stodgy. Yeah, but um, they, they do so like... that's part of their confrontation. So, so yeah. they, I mean, so in the previous century, towards the end of it, you've got impressionism carrying on. You've got aestheticism uh, and symbolism. Uh, and the futurists, although they say they want to cut all their ties with the past, they are very much influenced by... Impressionist, in particular neo-impressionists mm-hmm. uh, and their color theory. And we'll see more of that in this next manifesto, which is on technical painting. Um, again, written by our, uh, by our three and five here. Um, uh, and that will be a, a more specific. It's a technical manifesto. Sure. Look at divisionism. Uh, but for the moment, we can just see that they very generally will be carrying on from those themes, um, despite their apparent tie with the past, throw it mm-hmm. all away. But uh, I, I just want us to start off with everything that it carries on mm-hmm. from the previous manifesto. I mean, we have this love of youthful energy yep. uh, of the personal specific distaste for the museums and a dislike for the 16th century. This idea of what's the point in reliving these, these uh, studying these ancient works. And Surely preserving them. Yeah, and, and, and preserving they them. They do hate the pre- preserving they hate them. that they preserve them. They hate museums. They hate that this takes up space uh, from... That this takes up space that would otherwise be filled yeah. by younger, more vibrant artists. Yeah. We rebel against mm. the spineless worshipping of old canvases, old statues, and old bric-a-brac. Against everything which is filthy and worm-ridden and corroded by time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and last week we saw that Marinetti's going, well, you know, what's the point in studying these old canvases? Surely... It's just sapping away your own energies. No, and they 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 seem to think exactly the same. I yes, mean, all of this all of much. this carries on. Um, they so this one you 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 noticed there was a slight change in, in the way they spoke about this, but they talk yeah. about the triumph of science. They do, um, and we'll see that rather explicitly. In uh, we or oh, we've already read out the declarations themselves, mm-hmm. but we'll look at those more in depth 
in a few moments. Because that's because that because that that theme kind of recurs quite often in this manifesto. It's interesting because uh, Marinetti doesn't mention that himself. So this is where it, there's a little bit of a change. He's very keen on technological uh, innovation, but the idea of science as an actual abstract idea, this this moving along as a, as a project. This manifesto mentions it, and it seems that somehow learning. I don't know whether they're equivocating, just thinking that no, any kind of engineering and uh, invention—that's what we're calling science—or whether it's science is in no a process of learning and understanding. Mm-hmm. Because we said that last week, Marinetti doesn't seem so keen on that. Somehow, energy itself and passion will win out. Truth doesn't matter. Truth will bow down before us. It will. It will. Yeah. Uh, it's there prostrating itself before us. Yeah. Um, but here, no, we have science. So is it just innovate? Is this equivocation or, or is this actual, actually some interest in this, this new way of understanding our, I think it might be some project of knowledge. I mean, <clears throat> so the, the interesting thing is as we start moving towards the technical manifesto or like, mm. like actually translating those fluffy ideals of Marinetti's into, into your art, um, beyond just words, because I mean, I, I guess that's another point, right? That for Marinetti, um, the manifesto itself is the work of art. It's yes. his, will be his greatest work of art, and it is the work, right? Mm. Whereas for them, part of the it, it might be yeah. part of, of their work of art in some way, but it isn't the, their art, right? Their art, their painters. That's how yeah. they express themselves. That's how they express their their artistic fervors and passions, and you know the things futurists have. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great uh, so, insight, actually. Yeah, just, so, it's going to mm, be dumbed down for them. This is really just them trying to say, guys, join us. This this is just them proselytizing. They're but, trying to gather support and preach and get but people also, to convert. But also I think they're trying to, they're like, the, part of writing a manifesto is like to tell yourself what it is that you're doing. And I think there is a, a like, I think they are figuring out, and we're going to see this later on with the Green Sun manifesto, mm. for instance. That that little weird interlude. Yeah. But they're sort of soul-seeking texts in a way as well, where they're trying to translate these ideas into their artwork and to figure out what that means. So when they talk about science, um, I think it might be a bit of a step towards something like divisionism or to trying to see how science can influence their art directly, right? Which is maybe something to do with perception and how we perceive color or how we perceive movement and trying to somehow turn that into into your work so that's why i think is more prominent here okay so that's mm-hmm. that's definitely worth picking up next week then mm-hmm. uh because it's in the technical manifesto that we specifically get divisionism yeah. but i mean um, look i i think i think that's where it's going right yeah I, I think, okay I think that's interesting that, that bringing up science here is to do with that right mm-hmm. because that it, it impacts them quite intensely right so i guess rather than focusing on religion for instance which again they mention here as as bocioni does in the previous but one, i, I think i think uh, uh sorry as marinetti. Uh, marinetti yeah i think here they use religion as a metaphor that it's it's not really that it's religion but it's as a religion they're comparing the dogmatic attitudes of the academies to this religious process because when they oh, but, say but they're it also, very early but they're on, also but they're also talking about with, uh, about you know that, that religion f- was sort of the deep well from which you you gain ah uh, they do later on yes right so so religion is the deep manifest. well from which you get or is that in the declarations uh 
Uh, no, I don't think that's in the declarations yet. No, no, so, no. Uh, so religion, yeah. But, so, re- so religion is the deep well from which they draw inspiration, right? And these guys want to say, no, no, no. Science has won. That that well that well is dry, in a sense, right? You have to draw your your inspiration from from it or from these other conceptions. Uh, so yeah, I think so. That's later. Yeah, but we also have earlier on uh, mm-hmm. a use of religion as. Um, uh, encouraged by the vicious ex- uh, existence of museums, so that's the sense of religion. It's just that dog- oh, right, the, dogmatism. The cultish, the cultish yeah. worshiping, um, yeah. the unquestioning, unwavering. Um, but no, I, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, religion founded a lot of it offered a lot of subject matter, a yeah. lot of moralizing um, commentary. They want to put all those subject matters to bed, mm-hmm. all those themes to bed. They want new ones, yeah, but, and but ones that but reflect not, the modern. No, world. no, but 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 not in a not in a sexual way to bed. <laughs> they, quite explicitly, not. They're, <laughs> no. they're 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 weirdly prudish. Well, they would not agree, but they are. I think maybe it's strange. What the the futurists? A bit, yeah. I mean, well, they they hate those themes. Well, it's true that we haven't come across them yet. I mean, we will. The ma- I'm looking forward to the manifesto on lust. Oh, yeah. Futurist manifesto on lust. Well, they hate Valentine. it. Valentine. Okay, look, that's it. You know what? I'm. I the think they will hate it. I think they will hate it. I think they don't like lust. Oh no! But well, ah, uh, well, uh, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll find we, out. We will from see. now. We from will from see. my perch here in 1910. Yeah. As a young Italian artist, that's I'm thinking right. lust is bad. Yeah. Mm, not into it anymore. You're a young go getter, full of. Vinegar. Yep. <laughs> and other things. But yeah, no, just to finish up on the science, I'd like, just like to quote directly. Comrades, we tell you now that the triumphant progress of science makes profound changes in humanity inevitable. Now, uh... Yeah, I mean... I don't know, I don't... I mean... Yeah, with so many things um, in the futurists... Don't really know where that leaves you, but yeah. Well, no, it's it's just that that punch to the gut, isn't it? It's that initial punch to the gut. Uh, in terms of the 16th century, just to say a little yeah. bit more about that, the, the the quote that I think really stands out is, we are sickened by the foul laziness of artists who ever since the 16th century have endlessly exploited the glories of the ancient Romans. It's interesting that they call them the glories. There, there seems to be that slight tension there between like, oh, we hate everything that's old. We, we're sick of it. But then there's also th- these moments where, no, 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 it has its proper place that we do respect. And yet last week we, we saw in Marinetti, no, no, throw away all the old manuscripts, burn them all. We hate them. Well, I we're think they, they respect them insofar as they think they did the same thing they, the, future, they, the futurists are doing now. Mm. Um Right, so I mean, later on in the, don't want to jump too far ahead, but when when in the declarations in six, um, you've got rebel against the tyranny of words, harmony and good taste, and other loose expressions which can be used to destroy the works of Rembrandt, Goya, and Rodin. Right, like yeah, reverence, and then dot yeah. dot dot. Right, so they they reverence that. Yeah, there is reverence. I mean, they see themselves as following in 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 those footsteps. I guess, and what's so this is also kind of funny, right? But it, it it is very very difficult to not look back in the past, like to to make something entirely original out of nowhere. Mm. Um, as much as they talk about doing that and how much they value originality, that's obviously not true, right? They they definitely copied other people. I mean, were it not for the Cubists and the Divisionists and the Impressionists and 
Rembrandt and Rodin, Goya, blah, 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 blah. These mm. guys would have had no ideas. Would have known, very, you know, like the, the techniques of painting itself oh. are entirely historical. Um, and in fact, when they are not, the paintings often just like don't work and they're kind of bad and crap and, and they just fade and break apart with time. Yes, but Ariel, <laughs> Ariel, don't forget. Yeah. We've heard your objections. We know them. Yeah, we don't want to hear them anymore. But, I mean, but rather than these ideological... We know yeah. that it could very much be that, yes, everyone is a product of their past, but we don't want to hear it. No, I know. We don't care. <laughs> don't you dare tell us that. Okay? Yeah, Marinetti but, but doesn't want to hear it. Marinetti doesn't want to hear it, but these guys <laughs> have to... are going to hurl our defiance at the start. <laughs> yeah, well, That's right. These guys will have to kind of have to sort of begrudgingly accept... Um, I guess that they're, you know, well, they never really accept it, but they are getting yeah. their ideas from somewhere. <laughs> they're getting their techniques from somewhere. Um, and in, 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 in actual practice in doing their art, they do, they do draw from others. As Marinetti did too, by the yeah. way. The, it's the, it's the, worth the mentioning, bastard. I think, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, apart from Marinetti, but again, of okay, this so, five, yeah. uh, apart from Marinetti, uh, of this five, Boccioni is the one that's the biggest theorist. The others... They're yeah, they're not such theorists. They're not really critical thinkers in this way. But I mean, way. look, there's there's one other thing I want to mention about the Romans. Um, yes. And that's obviously the fascism. Just the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. That's obviously the fascism. I mean, yes. these are recurring themes, I think, for futurists and for other young fascists of the time. Um, but Roman, I mean, obviously fascism, I probably said this already in the last book, but I'm going to say it again in this episode, oh. and I'm going to say it again in next episode, Okay. and probably the one after that. No, not that one, because then oh. we're on the green sun. Well, it's just, the, you know, like... <laughs> I caught you out there. Yeah, you got me good. There you no, go. I mean, fascism comes from, from the, what is it, fascio, I think? Fas- fasces, bundle of sticks. Yeah, exactly, the bundle of sticks, yeah. which is on the, the American dime, which is a weird, a weird thing to have on there. Um, but it's obviously a Roman word. Right. Yes, and it's sort of a concept that very, very vaguely comes from there, and um, you know, fascists adopt all of the Roman imagery: the eagles, the neoclassical architecture. It, you know, it's there's 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 a lot of of looking back at that time at that those politics, and yet the uh, futurists that, are saying right? that they don't want to be doing that. Mm. That is they what, don't, they that don't is what they are saying. That. And, and that's their big that's their big criticism. I mean, they're saying aesthetically, that, no, they're, well, funnily enough, like, like the, the painters aesthetically they're not. Um but So they're man. they're against the Renaissance. They they don't like to see all this uh, revival of of uh, of this Roman architecture and all these paintings with subject matters of ancient no. Rome and, and Roman mythology. They don't want no. No, they don't. What I suspect what I suspect is that probably that even of the poetry or the theatre. What the fascists liked too much about Rome was the power. Probably, and the aesthetic of power that Rome that Rome has, um, and that's also probably something Marinetti liked. Perhaps there was also an energy that you see mm-hmm. within Rome, that vitality. But the oh, yeah, because I, I mean, for them, for the future, for them that's such a big thing. Just the energy is what pours through, right? But again, there's it's a lot not of even speed. Speed is relevant because it's this. this no, it's, force, it's brand new, it's and energy, it's also yeah. brand new that just that just come about. Mm. But I think like uh, there's there's plenty in the futurist that is incidental or that is. Tangential and not necessarily like necessarily emerging from some of their um, there, their main tenets. More. I couldn't agree um, more. I think all of these things slip through. Yeah, and and uh, like the, the you know venerating the Romans and the fascism and the national. I mean, the nationalism is clearly not essential to to futurism. So, no. Yeah, that's it's, those are my like I don't know 
10 cents. So you see what I, oh, what I did very there? Oh, nice. Mm. Not your dime. No. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, now perhaps it's good to move on a little bit Entirely. to see... Um, Again, I think this is something of a continuation of futurism. It doesn't go against uh, some of the uh, essentials of the of the movement so far. But um, I'd like to mention the nightlife specifically. Yeah, nightlife. The little, they mention these these uh, four different types of figure. Well, okay, um, this is interesting, right? I mean, obviously, it has to do with. I'm cutting in, but obviously, it has to do with uh, street light lamps. Ah. Lovely, yeah. <laughs> we begin the first yeah, manifesto. They, they start under to have electric. Lamp. Well, they have, they have, but yeah. they also have electric street lamps, which must have been a hell of a change. Do you want to look at one of the works of art? Why isn't it funny? When yeah, you mention street yeah, lamps? I know. Yeah, almost as but, if, but this was planned. <laughs> <laughs> but as, but what are the other figures? Though, yeah, I'll say the figures. I'll, I'll just uh, give the little line there. How can we remain insensible to the frenetic life of our great cities and to the exciting new psychology of nightlife, the feverish figures of the bon viveur, the co- coquette, uh, the Apache, and the absinthe drinker? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, so it's party what you made, But I was wondering what you made of the inclusion of Apache in that. So, I, yeah, I know this <laughs> up. Apparently, there's also... Uh, a group of French sort of rioters mm-hmm. and criminals that named themselves the Apache. So it was a kind of a gang as well. That really? They just, yeah, okay. they took that name. So I don't know if that's a reference to this. Yes, gang. I mean, it has to be. It has to be. Um, yeah. But so these are all these are all like I guess the new emerging degenerate figures, uh, right? Prostitutes. Yeah. The cocotte yeah, prostitutes. Although they they have this weird moralism about prostitutes. But anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, the Amsterdam drinker, not a new figure. Not a new figure. This is an old figure. This is a romantic figure. Mm-hmm. This is this is Oscar Wilde. This is Rimbaud. This is Baudelaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, More recently, this would be Jarry, who was yeah. who uh, Marinetti was a great admirer of, mm. and who was a ravenous drunkard. Yeah. yeah, this would be you and me, Ariel and Camden, drinking Jesus hell Christ. shots. I, I I hate that drink. A hell shot. Yeah, you Should love it. Mention it. Yeah. A hell shot, by the way, uh, is uh, it's a shot half absinthe, half tequila, and then just as a kind of cherry on top, uh, a dollop of Tabasco. And honestly, eleven o'clock at night, it's what you need to wake you up. It's exactly as terrible as that sounded. <laughs> yeah, just as a little aside, I first got this when we were in Camden. Ariel was getting over a stomach bug, and I just saw he said, "Oh, get something light." So I immediately decided to do the opposite and go for something that was called the hell shot. I thought that would be good for you. That's definitely going to help your it was, stomach. It was, it, it was it was awful. It was awful, predictably. But no, you've got up the image. But now. we're but but so right now, um, for the would interested, you like to give the title? The interested listener, um, we're looking at the Streetlight from 1911 um, by Giacomo Bala. Mm. What's the first thing? One that of leaves the out? authors of this manifesto. Well, I mean, obviously, this is a podcast, so um, painting being a visual medium, yeah. this is absolutely perfect. Hopefully you should see links to this in the description. Yeah. Well, certainly the names of it, and you can look it up yourself. Yeah, so this is actually from 1909, and in it you see a street lamp. And from the street lamp shoot little triangular, um, like, dashes of light in pink, white, red, 
uh, orange it's, and blue. It's this impressionistic color palette, right, mm-hmm. that we've got going on here. And so it lights it much more brightly than the moon that is seen in one corner of the painting. And then sort of surrounding all of this, like, really blast of color is darkness. Yeah. Is darkness, very clearly delineated darkness. So, so it, it doesn't ease out. There's no, there's no gradual shift into the darkness. It's rather a sharp divide. Uh, you have to almost imagine it as a kind of a flame. Yeah, but it, it, it's an explosion, yeah. almost. No? It, it's an explosion. And if you look right at the center, there really are the types of lines like a comic book explosion right at the yeah, center. Yeah, I mean, it's a star. It's, it's very bright. Um, yeah, so this is, this is the type of thing that, that I guess they, they'd just seen, that they'd never seen before. I know, but look, look at how the light is depicted here, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so you've got these uh, acute angles. Uh, that's you've got these partial triangles missing one side, yeah. And that's how it's that's how we have this light being emitted. That's how uh, the actual emission of light is being portrayed here. Uh, and the further out you go, in the center, very concentrated white and yellow and gold. And as we move out, you just get all these different colors. I'm, I'm thinking of almost uh, that there's something of a, you know, when you uh, shine a beam of light through a prism, mm-hmm. and then you see the rainbow coming out. Although what's, the what's, further out, you almost get that sense. What's, what's sort of ironic? I mean, you know, th- that would mean that there's some kind of, I guess, they're being informed a bit by the science here, yeah. Um, somehow, that you know, like what what's actually happening physically, but probably not because that was probably a sodium street lamp, I think. Yes. Um, in which case, it would have been entirely yellow. And everything looks entirely yellow, and you can only see yellow. Only to you, who's not looking no, no, with no. your artistic soul. No, to everyone. No, yes. that's naive. If you, no. shine a, if you shine a sodium lamp through a prism, you get not one to, color, no, yellow. No, 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 you're wrong. You have to no, be I'm like not. Blake. You <laughs> have to be like Blake, walking through the streets and seeing angels as he walks by. <sighs> that's right, you just lack that artistic yellow, soul. Y- yellow angels. Yellow angels. Yellow angels. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... But also remember that there's, there, there are elements of synesthesia going on throughout all of these paintings. That will be a, a crucial kind of theme within um, the visual arts, as well as also actually the, the poetry and all, all mediums. They will try to blend senses and capture uh, even the same sense in different ways. So in this case, they're going to try to depict uh, illumination. But how are they doing that? They can't actually capture it in terms of brightness. Mm-hmm. Instead, they actually use this diversity of colors to I mean, kind of suggest it is sort this of, great It is sort of strange because the, the figures that you just mentioned, the Apache, mm. the absinthe drinker, the yeah. cocotte, bon the, the bon viveur, right? They're, they're, all, they're all to some extent uh, like degenerates to some degree, right? Like Degen- there is, I mean, <laughs> in the sense, in the sense of, of like, I think like you're fine. They are the finest members <laughs> of society, <laughs> but most but, but respectable in a conservative manner. Yes, exactly. But 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 I mean, like in in the sense of of them being like, um, at least at the time, less socially respectable. You know, they're not an accountant and whatever, right? Um, Can you imagine an accountant captured by Marinetti or Boccioni? <sighs> yeah, I I mean, it probably would be not very dynamic. I no. guess they might yeah. like a mechanic. Someone but like who keeps it going, and and in, in other depictions of these nighttime figures, um, you do see sort of like some surlier um, images come through. Like you know, if you have I don't know. Before we move on from this image, though, I'd just like to say a little bit more. Ask you a little bit more about why the sharp divide between the light and then the dark at the very edges. So you have this uh, kind of bulb shape. Uh, just come out, and then at the very corners beyond it. I don't know. It's almost darkness. it's almost a dream. 
it's it strange. It looks almost like a thought bubble of some kind. It's it's very strange. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're either you're either lit or you're not. <laughs> oh my god! But <laughs> I mean, it's 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 burning. I don't, um, it does it does give it that sharper juxtaposition, though, doesn't it? Uh, because if, if you just had that more gradual, as it well, goes, okay, it gradually. But, okay, okay, look, we, you, you, yeah, I mean, sure, but you can also you can also interpret it as the type of thing that a street lamp is doing, that electricity is doing, mm. um, that is lighting up darkness. Full yeah. stop. No, so I guess you can think about it more like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think sort of so. like think, like a think... like a, a broad representation of the type of thing that that. Uh, future and technology is doing to us all and is doing to society and to our cities and everything. Huh? I think the sharp distinction between the darkness because, has well, to be there. But, but also, so, no, but, but, right? but what, what I was going on about before was that, um, well, those figures have a sort of like darker undertones. Yeah. This is a very joyous picture. Um, it's very, very so, bright. Yeah. There's a lot of color in it. it. It's not like, like, oh, look at this murky yellow scene, you know, or like, like streets lit by neon and oh, that's. Yeah, it's confident. No, it's not. And, it's, and, it's quite, it's quite and bright hopeful. and sunny and hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted to convey. And I guess that, that, that I gives think so. All, I mean, that's uh, one thing idea. about yeah. futurism. It's very self-assured. It, the, the, it has no doubt. It's cocksure. Yeah. Very much so. It's very um, cocksure. Unlike romanticism, which can sometimes be a little bit more self-deprecating, sometimes, yeah, you just no, don't I mean, see in, that in, here. entirely. Entirely, you don't they, see that. They even lean, death, they is lean celebrated. into the no, and they lean into the degeneracy aspect of it, right? Mm. They they lean into that into that uh, depiction of themselves. You know, they're smoking and they're being you yeah. know, doing things that they know are, are, are questionable. I mean, I they're, suspect they're not like explosions of joy. They will have known, in particular, Marinetti would like have known about the that. decadence movement, so people like Rimbaud and Baudelaire. He would have been familiar with that. I mean, the sure. absence drinker, yeah. the staple. No, That's the figure. Uh, more, less actually a direct romantic figure and more of a decadent figure. Mm -hmm. um, but you want to specifically now turn over to uh, Rousselot's Profumo. Well, because you mentioned synesthesia. Yeah, because you mentioned synesthesia. Yeah. Um, and I think this is the, the, the primary, like the most synesthetic of, yeah. <laughs> of the Futures mm -hmm. paintings, no? And so in this one, what do we see? So, uh, this one, uh, it's, we see this, uh, side on profile of a, uh, just an individual. A woman, probably. Yeah. Could yeah. be a woman, could be, yeah. It's indistinct, but certainly just someone. And just from the title, we can know that the subject matter here is perfume. But how do you depict uh, a a smell well, in a visual medium? I mean, I think this does quite 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 a good You're job. You're looking for something olfactory, mm -hmm. but in an optic sense, cashed out in an optic so sense. The painting really starts out in the bottom left corner, and there you have these undulating waves of presumably smell that vary in color and go up towards the right of the painting and then will turn and become the figure that's smelling them. Yeah, or, or, or whether it's actually emanating from them. Because that's what I was thinking of, that they're wearing the perfume, but this is how it's kind of uh, oh, emanating from could them, be. that you've yeah. got these lines that... And with the different colours, you, you have these different lines, all of one colour first, some yellows with a little bit of green in there, and then it moves out into some blues, and then behind it some purples and pinks. And but it's sort of arranged into these uh, fields. They're not solidly one block of color. Mm -hmm. 
But that and, kind and of gives you, it that you, sense of you, emanation. You quite like this painting, right? I do like this painting. I know that a lot of other people don't. They think mm-hmm. it's rather naive, but I actually think that there's something rather charming about I it. I mean, I, I will agree with them that it's not very well painted, but... I like it. I, I mean, think that yeah. it really says a lot, and I love the, the yeah, face as well that's depicted there. Um, I think that this this is obviously a very pleasant smell. Again, that that they're not miserable paintings. Um, they're probably they're probably smelling some motor oil. Oh, possibly it's probably motor oil. Uh, do, do you know uh, who was maybe a tub of graphite? Who was Picasso's friend who killed himself? <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm offering this on the, on the fly. <laughs> it, uh, was it Modigliani? Maybe I'm I'm, going, I'm blanking entirely there. Don't know. Uh, there's one particular work, uh, and I just because of the 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 way that the figure here that Russo depicts uh, is actually positioned, it makes me think of this particular painting, which the name's escaping me. It's very Van Gogh-y in a way. Well, no, I, I'm just thinking that it really does, in terms of uh, how it's proportioned, it reminds me of that image, and yet you couldn't find a, a more different way of presenting the subject matter. Here, this figure is rather joyous, and in that one. You, it's, it's the beginning of his blue period for Picasso. And so wow. it's just, yeah, that's yeah. where it begins. And it's just filled with misery and sadness and utter, <laughs> utter despondency. Um, whereas I think this is rather hopeful. I mean, the yellow there, not only of a smell, but it's almost uh, of heat. If, mm-hmm. I think there's almost a play here as well with the smell, uh, not just it emanating, but whether a smell could actually cause a, a temperature uh, a sensation, a temperature sensation. Yeah, entirely. You disagree? No, no. I think I think just in terms of that true. yellow, there. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it sure feels like that. Here. Lighting up. But it's it's part of the synesthesia. No? Yeah, but uh, about those figures. Do you, so you think that those figures primarily miserable figures that they're celebrating here? These four, these part, well, the party, the Bon Vivant is not necessarily a bad figure. No, no, no. They're not. They're they're they're, they're not bad figures. Um, I guess they're they're they're, 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 the, they're the new figures of yeah. of sort of made possible by. Yeah. The, the sort of new hedonistic figures made possible by modernity mm. or whatever. Maybe the um, Bon Vivant, you know. No, I mean, I think invented I, a friend. No, no all those who figures lives in the city. All those live. figures are great. They're fine. I, you know, I, 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 I personally I have no problem with them. <laughs> no, at all. Um, what as a young? They're quite Italian great. As artist, a young Italian artist or French artist. I don't know where no, you are. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like. Okay, so the the, the reason why, I, why I'm hesitating here is because it uh, there is. I think a lot to reconcile in all of the disparate things that they that they they're kind of drawn to that they like. No? Yes. There's there's also like a repudiation of the nude um, that will come later on, but that is quite important for them. Mm. Um, is that also why you think that they don't like the idea of sex? And- yeah, and also their misogyny. Yeah. We right. don't have that explicitly in this one. Not in we this. We don't have the scorn for no, women. No, like no, we, we don't have the, the scorn former. for women in in this one as we did in the no. former. But. Putting all of these things together, it, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit mm. odd. Like, I haven't entirely understood why not. Like, why they don't particularly like the nude or why they particularly... I mean, and, and, and I know they try to explain it here. Maybe you can enlighten me more. But I haven't entirely understood mm. how all of these things fit together. So, to me, I read some amount of moralism to the futurists, even though they avowedly say they're not moralists. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree right. more so that, on that, 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 that's why I, you know, it's a degeneracy, blah, 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 and talk, talk about it in this way, because there seems to be some kind of, of like, really strong moralism, and yet they're kind of drawn to these figures, but they, like, don't want to go all the way and show you, like, intimate scenes like Toulouse-Lautrec does. No. Of 
like what that nightlife means because they'll show they'll talk about these new figures in nightlife but you don't get like new objectivist painting for example that will come a bit later i mean it will come later but yeah. where you see like you know brutal depictions of the sex crimes that filled german tabloids in 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 the 20s right well, it's because maybe or, it's because or, or the like subject the matter, brutal right? the brutal gang fights or all of these things i mean maybe it's because precisely those have been used they've been uh, they've been used as subjects through for painters in the yeah, past I guess, and I guess they say a, they explicitly say yeah. we in this one they say we want to get rid of in the declaration we explicitly want to get rid of the old themes and the old subject matters we I want to have new a, ones yeah, in mean, the next one we'll see that they mm-hmm. reduce it just to the subject matters so why they remove themes but for this, but for example, themes those, as well. Sure, but I mean, but like, so maybe those, that's why they don't want love and lust. They've been used before. Right. They've been done. Yeah, no, I mean that, that very well might be it. Because so you can find th- there, there's an optimism. No, of course, but there's, there's a huge optimism to to these guys, to futurism, um, and in these figures, I see like the inklings of of some kind of like a darker side to modernity or something, right? Like mm. or vices emerging, and they they you know they, again they say they're not moralists. But they never, they never go into that. It's, it's an entirely optimistic so art, art, artistic movement. The two paintings that we've just looked at already, uh, I think that these are actually a great example of this, though. Mm. How many old uh, you know, paintings before this time do you know that have this synesthetic play regarding the subject matter of perfume on just mm-hmm. a human being? Just on a human being. Nothing else. Oof. And how many others do you know that just depict a lamp lighting up? Mm-hmm. Nothing else. That's the core. That's your subject matter. And there's no story behind it. No, entirely. I think we should move on a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll read it out. Uh, we will also play our part in this crucial revival of our aesthetic expression. We will declare war on all artists and all institutions which insist on hiding behind a facade of false modernity, when actually they are ensnared by tradition academicism, and above all, a nauseating cerebral laziness. I mean, that last phrase, cerebral laziness, I think is... <laughs> what, what, what a kind of, That tells you why they dislike them. They think that it's somehow conceptually docile. It's, it is, conceptually docile is a nice way to put it, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's not being clever, and it's... You're not living up to your expectations. I think this harkens back to Marinetti going, why study the old masters? Your time is spent studying these ancient works of art. You're better off. You're actually losing time to create your own works of art. You're losing your own expressive and exciting energy. Yeah, their subject matter isn't new. Exactly, exactly. And I think that then connects up with a little bit like, we are going to rise up against all superficiality and banality, all the slovenly and facile commercialism, which makes the work of most of our highly respected artists throughout Italy worthy of our deepest contempt. That's something that I think still sticks with us today. The idea that something being commercial, uh, suddenly if it's mainstream, oh, you know, everyone likes that. We're no longer... You see this with the hipsters. Oh, I was into that before it became. Like, I mean, cool. funnily enough, I you know part of me I kind of agree with that to a degree. Like part part of it, I, I I tend to agree with that. Not not with everything, but like talking about art, I do like I hate self serving little. Oh yeah, I oh, want to be cool. But, but like Banksy, come on, it's so boring. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah, and, like, but cause yeah, that but that's crap. yeah, but no, that's no longer because it's commercial. That's then you have a really criticism. It isn't because no, no, it's no, commercial. Now, now you're saying that oh, it's it's all the same. 
That's a different thing. Saying that something becomes repetitive, I think, is a fair criticism, whereas just the fact that, oh, everyone likes it, that's a different thing. Well, commercialism has other implications, right? If it's entirely... Makes commer- all the money. People well, are jealous. Yeah. yeah I don't, I'm unhappy it's that you're financially I, look, successful. Yeah, yeah. I'm a starving artist. <laughs> look, I'm, 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 entirely, uh, I'm entirely jealous and yeah. uh, resentful for <laughs> petty reasons. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that I, I, I am. As are we all. But, but is like, that why they are? Yeah, of course it is. No, they're maybe, nasty, but, but, but I want to give them a little bit more... Uh, I'm sure they're resentful for all those reasons. I mean, they are fascists. They're terrible people. Like, you know. Mm. Um, and some of the other people we're going to mention are also terrible. Yeah, funny um, that. Yeah, but commercialism has other implications, right? If it's commercial, it's not challenging you. If it's commercial, it's easy on the eyes. If it's commercial, you know, you can't put, like... I, I mean, like few times do very very commercial things um are very very commercial things like trying to do something very very different or very new and so on right in those cases they're usually shunned um like to mention one of the examples they talk about rembrandt you know, or mm. goya in in their most commercial moments i mean rembrandt was still utterly brilliant even even at his most commercial unlike goya whose really commercial stuff i hate um just saccharine garbage, in my opinion. Yeah. When he was a court painter. Um, no, I agree, actually. Yeah, no, and then Rembrandt. Yeah, I don't, you, like, sure, I mean, Rembrandt. No. The really awful ones where everyone has, like, hideously pink cheeks and it, it's... But people it, celebrate them. There have been lots of exhibitions uh, about that. Uh, people love his court paintings. Oh, but that's... But they're terrible. I mean, not terrible. They're very, they're very well painted. You like there's his nothing images of torture, don't you? There's nothing interesting about, about those paintings. They're, they're not the best portraits... No, Velasquez's uh, portraits are far more exciting. No, artistically, they're doing something new. Rembrandt's are like pristine and perfect, the older ones. And then the newer, the, the, the sort of later ones, he starts to get less commercial and he winds up, he tries to depict people in movement. And that doesn't work anymore. That's no longer commercial. And he winds up on the street and he ends up having to cut up his own canvases to make a living. That's brutal. So, so I think that's what they're talking about, right? They want mm. to be Goya. They want to be Rembrandt later right they don't want to go through this um commercialism commercialism also implies it can't quite be i mean it's it's whatever the market wants but it's not as original you're not imbuing it with your own individualistic fervor so assuming that robert brain here has done a good job Mm -hmm. uh the way that it's actually said here that most of our highly respected artists around italy worthy of the deepest contempt so supposedly I think if... He's calling them hacks. (laughs) They're calling them hacks. Yeah. Yeah, no, if I... I I think, yeah. Just just like Jeff Koons is a hack. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You love his balloon dogs. He's a used car salesman, is what he is. Quite literally. Used car salesman. All of them are. (laughs) All those people are used car salesmen. Well, what do you expect for someone, offices that want to buy lovely things to have in their, in their foyers? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, look how sophisticated and cultured we are. By the way, how can we steal more money from everyone but make it look legal? Well, you... you nice, I got it. Nice, nice, nice <laughs> the depiction, nice yeah. depiction that's, that's, of that's the old capitalist there, That's what Thomas. they're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming... <laughs> well, I mean, they've obviously got tasteless <laughs> things. Yeah. I mean, why else would you buy a big blue dog... Balloon dog. <laughs> a big blue dog. A, bi- a big blue balloon dog. Yeah. In metallic finish. I mean... Sorry, we've gone off topic. It, because you saw it in a Gucci catalogue. That's why. I, th- I think we're actually... Because they're, they're just like Gucci. They're brands. They're not 
Yeah. There's nothing original or valuable. It's to defend it's, our. It's, it's the same digression. type of garbage brand identification that 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 like makes other brands commercially successful, right? Buying into oh, an let's idea. Let's not get onto anyway, fashion. Whatever. Let's not go on, get onto fashion. Uh, we can Which save we, that. we will. We will get onto yeah. fashion in the futurist men's. Uh, like fashion manifesto, right? Yeah, there's one on men's clothing. Yeah, yeah. there's men's clothing. Not women's clothing, is there? No. Hmm. Oh God, would you really hmm. want to have their commentary on that? Oh God, no. <laughs> Not even oh, a little Jesus, bit. Jesus, really? How, how appalling! Oh. You're right. Got me. But I think now hmm. we can mention the three artists that they mention as somehow being worthwhile hmm. at this point in Italy. Will you name them? You please. Oh please, no! I want to hear your lovely accent. You don't want to hear it in this accent. Oh, yeah, the accent. So, uh, Gaetano Previati, Giovanni Segantini, and Medardo Rosso. There you go, that was... That yeah, was so was. these are three that... Uh, they, uh, these are referenced in this manifesto uh, as uh, figures that are not mentioned by the uh, uh, teachers in the academies by the heads of museums and galleries, they'll say, no, they, modern people, yeah, they these, think, they why these, we, do we, this is an extension of the criticism these are, these are, of the museums. Yeah, these they are also artists. Don't think uh, uh, mm-hmm. Not only is it just that they're holding the old works, but they don't even know where the new works are. Exactly, and they don't, they don't give them their due. No? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll and so here, for example, we're going to look at La Danza del Ore, which is the Dance of the Hours, um, by Previati, Gaetano Previati. And, I mean, this one's wonderful. <laughs> you really like this one. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty great, yeah. I mean, he depicts the hours as, like, blonde women, like, fluttering around as sort of angel types. Of, yeah, of angel types, yeah. I think very much so. Um, no, but what's quite wonderful about this one is the, the light, the color. This is, um, he's part of the Divisionist School, one of the, I guess, yeah. founders of Divisionism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give a, a brief spark notes of what that is. Oh, oh for divisionism. Oh, well, I mean, we'll talk m- m- much more about divisionism next week uh, because that's explicitly mentioned. But uh, divisionism and pointillism were both uh, 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 invented by uh, George Surratt. Surratt. Um, and uh, essentially, it was a way of combining, uh, instead of di- uh, combining two different colors together to make a new color, uh, directly, so you had this new specific paint. Uh, you would have it was a way of applying these different paints in these with these uh, normally quite wide brush strokes, but not always. Uh, and what was crucial was the difference oh, very, between very the narrow, two colors. Very very narrow. Yeah, I mean sometimes it could be super uh, tiny. Usually, that was more pointillism. No, no div- divisionism as well. Um, but no, because. It could be that as well, but um, okay. when it when it came to the, the the whole point of it was a little bit like uh, with the pointillism, but um, off with the two. So every, every yeah, I mean every brushstroke had... is of one color, right? Yes, and um, it's rather exactly like in their aggregate that you then see variation in color, that you see shading, yeah, that you see that you see all of these. There's things. Some... so sometimes the the idea was kind of you know if you put green right next to blue. Uh, or something know. like yellow and blue. Oh, right, uh, yeah. You uh, then have like a green... Exactly, you then I mean, have a green a, effect. Uh, yeah, like I mean, that's a very naive way of putting it, just because it's those primary colors. They wouldn't <laughs> yeah, expect no, that kind yeah, of difference. <laughs> yeah, call me, yeah, yeah. Naive. No, 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 but that no, gets, it gets yeah, it across, yeah, because everyone knows that yellow and, uh, and uh, blue, that you get green. But that's that's the kind of thing. There's... 
But in terms of the way that it's actually it's applied, you've got those uh, those almost circular kinds of things going on. You've got these yeah, the this, this entire. So, for example, in in this painting, you've got um, emanating from the sun this circular sweep, kind of as you would see um, a lot of drawing. Yeah. So a lot of drawing, um, especially like Renaissance drawing, uh, is done in a sweep. So all of the strokes mm. have the same angle, I guess, right? You're going from left to right, left to right, and all the way down the page. Uh, and so here it's sort of a broad circular sweep mimicking the movement of um, the hours who are in semi-raptures mm. um, moving this golden halo around. Um, in, yeah, it's quite beautiful. In, in, terms of, in terms of the color, I want to do a little test with you. Tell me very quickly, yeah. first thing that comes to mind, uh, what are, is the dominant color or colors that you see when looking Golden. at this? Golden. Gold. Okay. Gold. Why don't we zoom in? Zoom in. And actually yep. look, what? No, no, no. But uh, uh, say on their pretty, dresses. Pretty gold. Is it though? Is it though? Because look, I mean, you see that actually there are blues and purples. No, there are blues and, and purples yellows. and yellows. And yet greens and then there's a pervasive sense of gold throughout the whole picture i know but uh, but i mean look at some of these this you got these sure. greens coming out and yet when you zoom out it's you just really see gold yeah uh, and so i think that that's supposedly what they're really wanting to go for so no entirely i mean and you can see the influence as well right, you can see the influence in the futurists yeah very 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 plainly i'm sure that like if if, if you're going through these images with us you'll you can clearly see that. Now, next, uh, let's have a quick look at Medardo Rosso. Yeah. Uh, this one is the bookmaker. I hate this. You really do hate yeah, this Yeah, I hate this. Yeah. So this is interesting because it's sculpture. Mm. Um, looks to be waxy. Well, this is probably a bronze casting of wax. But it's like a, like a, like a, like a blob person emerging from a blob of wax. <laughs> Kind of, it's quite rough, roughly shaped, mm. um, sort of semi-melted into a blob, and he's walking around. He's quite fat, a bookmaker. He has a, a top hat on and a suit of some sort. But that's about as much as I can make out. Yeah, you're being very kind. <laughs> very I like charitable. It. I like it. I like it. I'm, oh, I'm also no. much worse at describing this. So they're all, yeah. Okay, so no, you I, do I'll, I'll try a little bit more. He seems to be resting against something. He's wearing this long coat, probably a Mac. And he's probably got his hand in his pocket inside. Imagine a kind of Napoleonic stance that we've mm -hmm. got going on here. Head slightly lowered. So what, uh, what, oh, why do you, why do you hate it. it? Why do you hate it? Because <laughs> it looks like melted wax. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean... Uh, no, I, I just... Uh, I'm not getting well, anything from it. Maybe I'm that's not... how he did it. Is it. This is a bookmaker. Yeah, what, what, no. What's, that, what's wrong I, with the bookmaker? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's how he did it. Why is this figure looking so miserable? Of wax and then he melted it, the bastard. Yeah. Why is this figure good. looking so miserable? Where's well, a bookmaker? What's wrong with bookmakers? <laughs> you, so, for, for, for those of you listeners who, who don't know this, Thomas, uh, Thomas comes from a long line, of, <laughs> a long line of East London bookmakers. No. <laughs> yes, yes, no. They, they've, they've been making, they've been making the book. I mean, his great grandfather, uh, supposedly yeah. fixed the first, the first horse race in England. Yeah. Um, it's rather fascinating. It's right. My my father was a bookmaker. His father was a bookmaker. His father's father was a book long line of bookmakers. No, not at all. You, no, okay. <laughs> no, I just uh, no, I just uh, it <laughs> leaves me exactly utterly cold. What a bookmaker would say. Anyway, utterly cold. <laughs> so this is another one. Um, yeah. 
I will say this one is, more thing. This is, so I, I think this it's one is static. called an, Don't you think an, it's static? an elder recline. Well, it's a sculpture. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, paintings. Are yeah, also, no, 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 I know. Yeah. What we're going to look at the unique forms of continuity of space. Uh, uh, Boccioni's uh, great 1913. No, work. these are. That these looks are, like it's moving. Sure, but these are static. These are static. I mean, th- yes. these are people they admired. I think I'd hazard to say that they admired him for the. I guess the the new approach to form, I guess, or I guess seeing I liked melted wax. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's this one called? Um, I think this is like an an, an elder reclining in a chair. Um, we'll we'll have I a, like the proper this. window. Yeah. Oh, you like this one? I huh? do like this. one. How come? Uh, this one, uh, I I just it it does it it speaks to me of this. Mortality here. You, I think, yeah, an elder That's reclining terribly in a chair. sad, isn't it? It is sad, no, it's, uh, which is surprising. Again, probably this is not what they're really wanting to go for the future since they are, I mean, whilst they glorify death and war, they're not keen on old but like age. Here, but, but here, this for is, example, this figure is amazing. But, but here, but here, the type of realism, okay, so yes. the, the, the type of, like, this is, this is a form, you could call this a form of realism. And mm. for the futurists, what they do realize, what they do see is that. Realism does not have to do with how keenly or cleanly and, I guess, with how much fidelity you can copy the image that you're seeing. Yeah. To them, that isn't realism. Realism is about a lot more than that. It's about, like, the, like, I, I guess the truth of what you're seeing, they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, you want to probably depict, I don't know, someone reclining in a chair, but there's, like, sadness, there's all these other emotions that you can see. And they do that not by meticulously differentiating each strand. He does that not by meticulously differentiating each strand in the chair or even the chair from the person or even the clothes from the person, right? There's just this vague suggestion. Um, and yeah, you see it and it's quite effective, I'd say. I'll say also one more thing that I like about this that I think is one of the reasons that I didn't like the one before is that here... Uh, you have this figure reclining, but it's they see, it looks like they're reclining on a rock, and they're kind of intermingled and uh, integrated with. It's a chair, though. This, you can see the chair, right? Y- uh, yeah, but it looks a little no, bit a n- like a natural landscape. No, but it's like, a chair. Like, it it's like definitely a, a chair. I, I know, but it, uh, that's the figure that seems to, where with the one before the bookmaker, they're they are again integrated, kind of with this leaning on a, a wall or something like that. And, but I just don't feel that the so integration the listener, is very nice. So for the listeners this, that may not know this, Thomas comes <laughs> from a long line of Cheshire chair makers. Yeah. <laughs> He's been carving yeah. them out of stone since the 13th century. Is this going to be a thing now? Is this going to be one of our... Oh, every anyway. week we're going to say Thomas comes from a long line of... He probably does. Oh, okay, so the next one, the next one, I know something about who this man was and what these paintings are about You've kept that Thomas does not know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this is Giovanni Segantini. Uh, this one is called The Punishment of Lust. Mm. Now, here, what are, we, what are you seeing? What, what, are we, what are we seeing? So the first thing I'd like to say is that unlike our futurists, uh, this seems to be very much a subject matter uh, that has been done before. Lust, I mean, you mean? Yeah. No, yeah. Okay, but, but, but also yeah. this looks it's romantic. But, but what's this in is here? But, but what's in here? What's in here? Let, let's, again, so visual medium... Okay. Podcast. <laughs> uh, visual media, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, we have um, a, 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 a snowy uh, mountainscape. Snowy yet desolate alpine mountainscape. Yeah, with uh, 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 one tree. Okay, a handful of these branches are sort of pushing through. Some these twigs. twigs. Yes, it's all bad. It's winter. 
but behind it there's like a a, a big field of of pebbles and rocks yeah. very desolate and then, and then in, in the far end there's the mountains um four female figures with yeah. flowing auburn hair in these white grounds just reclining Flo- yeah re- but they re- seem to be floating they're they're floating but they look as if they were reclining on on a on a daybed or mm. something um and they're bathed in golden light but do you, do you see that Only the, it their does tops look like a romantic yeah no it does entirely but so their tops are yeah their tops are um kind of naked and then their legs are covered by cloth yeah mm-hmm. so what what do you think about this what does this bring on you too, listener. What do you think about this? That's nice. I like that. No, you yes, like yeah, that audience me. integration, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Next, I'm going to talk about Twitter. No. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I mean, the title as well helped. The punishment, uh, the punishment of lust. Does the fact that they're floating, just above it all, and reclining, but it's it's desolate, but. It's beautiful as well. Yeah, I don't, really I don't, is. I don't know what to make of it. Really, I mean, it's, it's it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty wonderful painting. This seems, it, it is slightly moralizing, yeah. but it's not clear what it is. It doesn't seem immediately like a very harsh punishment. Mm-hmm. It it does actually. I'd, I'd almost say that these figures are in a kind of like divine position mm-hmm. they seem to be breaking the rules of of nature they're, they're floating above it all yeah uh almost in a kind of ecstasy they're, they're very much and they look sort of sort of weirdly comfort comfortable they do mm-hmm. they're very calm faces serene and how about how about this one now we've moved on to again by giovanni segantini uh, uh, this one is called the evil mothers or the bad mothers now this one um might not entirely be called this, but that's what we were able to find. Um, this is part of the Evil Mother's cycle. Mm. Um, so in this one, it's again one of these desolate landscapes, winter landscapes, and there's a woman floating sort of entangled in branches, and on her right breast, which again is visible, um, there is a child that is entirely purple and blue kind mm. of um, feeding and again, we've got this branch. We've got this branch. Her hair is sort of floating. It's as if she was floating in water, but she's suspended in the air. To be honest, the first one, thing that, yeah. that comes to mind for me when seeing this is not just the romantic imagery, but um, Dante. Mm. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the punishment for those who commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they end up being integrated into these trees. This is the thing, because uh, the, the cloth that she's wearing, it does, it kind of... Winds around her like these kind of vines, or think more like a, I don't know, these crooked hand-like structures that are just sort of grasping her and, and integrating her into the tree, like she is one of the branches. So uh, Segantini was a uh, ardent Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and these paintings are part of the Bad Mother cycle, where he is. Uh, Imagining his puni- his deserved punishments for women who uh, do any of the things he does not see women should be doing, which are living very traditional, um, you know, household lives. Is there any direct connection to Dante, or is this just something that I've made a connection to? There, 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 there might be, but he, he really, like, women not performing very, very traditional gender roles um, uh, is what Segantini really deeply hates. And he makes these paintings 
um, as what he sees as ideal punishments for women who commit these transgressions. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I, I don't see why the the futurists are so enamored with these figures. With Segantini, I mean, what is it? Because I don't immediately see the connection. I can. Well, see there's certainly the misogyny. More... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, but that's not. I mean, that's that's. Uh, that's just one element, and, and we don't even get that so much in this manifesto. So the 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 style seems the somewhat divisionism, yeah. divisionist. Um, this is symbolism, rather a rather kind of crass symbolism that really ruins the paintings a bit for me. But they're really good. I mean, they're yes. they're, they're really quite quite beautiful. I think um, you you prefer these to some of the futurist images. Yeah, sure. But again, they're 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 really dense, stodgy traditionalist crap really um <laughs> and yet they explicitly mention them and well i mean are... well i mean that they, they mention them because i think probably, probably the again the um these are the, the people odd that are supposed of, to be breaking against the academy the odd mix of transgression and uh traditionalism seems very futurist mm. but the 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 style the style the divisionism it's it is novel well yeah. On that note, can I just before we actually let's just—I think we should just dive straight into the uh, declarations and declarations. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sure. Uh, do you want to read the first one out? Because I've already done it. One: destroy the cult of the past, the obsession with the ancients, pedantry, and academic formalism. Right. So throw away all these other types that we've just been looking at. <laughs> Get rid of Segantini and Previati. Mm-hmm. Even though we kind of like them. Yeah, even though we kind of like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- again, very much nothing new there, especially. This is no. just carrying on from the first. Yeah. Two, totally invalidate all kinds of imitation. No, this is something slightly new. <laughs> pretty pretty bold thing to say for these guys, given that they're... They're not Aristotelians. No. <laughs> Who's trying to say, yes, all art <laughs> lies in imitation. In <laughs> He was totally right. Really? Is yeah, he... I think so. Ariel's just unveiled. Well, I mean, uh, it's like, his come on. Aristotelian passion. No, but I mean, it, it is all some to some degree an imitation, mm. whether or not you know it, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. I mean, pure imitation is probably bad, but are they but using you imitation take from tons, as, yeah. in that sense, or is it trying to copy the old masters? So obviously, obviously, they mean don't copy the old masters, don't yeah. copy, you know, Renaissance, blah blah blah. blah. Copy maybe some recent techniques a bit and yeah. uh, wink, wink. Push them a uh, yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, all <laughs> kinds of imitation. Like, yeah, I, I really don't like that one. Because <laughs> don't you want to imitate a car? Don't you want to imitate a car? Or do you want to originally be a car yourself? As a no, painter? they don't want. Uh, oh, uh, only in a very different sense. I don't mm-hmm. think it's imitate in terms okay, of being its unfair, form, right? You're, you're right? They're trying yeah. to capture these these other sensory elements about them. So instead of uh, like a car mm-hmm. driving, they try to capture speed itself. Yeah. Instead of capturing someone who's wearing perfume, they capture the sensation of smell on someone. And so three, the other side of two's coin, elevate mm-hmm. all attempts at originality, however daring, however violent. Again, the violence finally creeping in here. Uh, exactly, you know. We want to sing for the love of danger. Mm-hmm. The slap and the punching fist. Exactly. Life of the double. You can tell that we've read these texts too many times. Way too many times. <laughs> um, but uh, again, all attempts at originality. So I think that's something that is not original to them. And it's something that's still praised today. That it's thought that novelty it's very romantic. does have... It's very romantic, um, isn't it? Yeah. Novelty is its own value. Mm-hmm. However, it's just when something's 
and then carry on being novel or like in some you look for something more yeah eventually you can't just carry on having some weird style no it's, i mean there is something that that like yeah i, I you know i do i do kind of like that even yeah. even sort of yeah 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 very crass things or things you don't like whenever they are original it it is you think oh wow i mean value that to some extent i guess you can see those are transgressive writers sure uh, uh trying to it taking notes though right as long as it's original however violent mm-hmm. however daring however distasteful put it out yeah Bear bravely and proudly the smear of madness with which they try to gag all innovators. I mean, this is a, a, a staple of romanticism. Yep. They are the ones who actually uh, have these theories about uh, art and uh, 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 poetry as a kind of different mental state. Uh, and it's a production of these, uh, it's produced by these unusual mental states uh, that the unknown, the, unra- the irrational. Mm hmm. So not necessarily even the irrational, but sometimes the unrational. It's not that it's somehow contradictory, but it's this different process. Even it's a different psychological process. So I think, yeah. But also that they don't. They don't that. need. The, I mean, okay. And, and this one will feed into the next one, so I might as well read it. Regard all, regard art critics as useless and dangerous. So they don't. They're not craving any kind of justification. They don't really want words to justify their actions. No. Yeah. And then this is going to feed into the sixth one. Which is all kind. Of, this is all kind of. But why? Why dangerous? Yeah. They huh? like danger. Yeah. This is dangerous in another sense. They turn. Yeah. This is they, dangerous. Dangerous I think against complacency. Us. Dangerous against us. Is, yeah. I, if I'm trying, because you could all, all immediately say they're contradicting themselves. If we're more charitable, we're going to say that it's dangerous because this is somehow the song of complacency. Mm-hmm. This is these people, these critics. They're going to try to rein you in and say, no, keep the house style going. Follow the styles and traditions of the academy, of the, the subject matters of the academy. These are well worn, they work. No, and entirely. that's the danger, I think. I mean, <clears throat> look, the, this one also sort of feeds into six, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So, rebel against the tyranny of words, harmony, and good taste. You know, sorry, rebel against the tyranny of words, colon, harmony, and good taste, and other loose expressions which can be used to destroy the works of Rembrandt, Goya, Rodin, right, which I read earlier. What do you think about that? What do you think about both critics and, I guess, the tyranny of words? To what extent do words and, I guess, interpretations um, matter to artistic value and enjoyment? So... In this case... I mean, what do they think, and then kind of what do you think? In this case, I think that uh, they are definitely celebrating. Uh, they notice something that's worthwhile in Rembrandt, Goya, and Rodin. Yeah. But they think that these, these particular words, harmony and the phrase good taste and such expressions, that somehow these actually limit their excellence. Perhaps it's something... Actually, these futurists see these artists' greatness in terms of their more chaotic elements. But actually, these are swept aside or they're assimilated when we talk about the harmony. And, oh, yes, it's all balanced out very neatly and, and, and passionately. It's fantastic. Yeah. Because it I think, makes it yeah. safe. But, and I think that they see mm-hmm. that the best elements of these artists is, are, are actually in these elements where, no, 
they're dangerous. They are difficult to comprehend, and perhaps they actually go against our everyday um, or、uh, more comfortable thoughts. Actually, throw us into the storm a little bit. But I think I think like like their their distaste for criticism and I guess words. These these ideas are a bit muddled. But <sighs> yeah, it's they feel I guess trammeled somehow by by words and by interpretation. Where if you cut loose a lot of the weight and the things that critics say and do, you can. You can be more original. You can be freer. You can develop as an artist better. I think.、Um, I don't think they have any specific problem with being described.、Mm-hmm. I don't. I think they're very happy with the right kinds of descriptions, light speed, things like that. Okay.、Um, so、you think it's just specific? To this,、uh, yeah,、right? okay. I think that it's 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 just、uh, these other kinds of things, and、yeah. they're wrong. And well, in that case, that was. I think you're right. It's far less interesting than anything I thought. But yeah. Well, no, we're here、Continue. to explore. No, but I think you know, you've got a point. Yeah. Remember, we're meant to be the young artists looking at this at the time, and if we're passionate about it, then we're going to try to be ironing this out ourselves. Because I was thinking about like that. I mean, that I, I think in 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 any kind of creation, it's <clears> like really <throat> criticism can often be very very stifling and very bad for development. Yeah, I agree.、Um, and. I kind of go back and forth between oh how important and how good even even as someone who just enjoys art like like、mm. w- when you go and enjoy art or watch a movie or whatever、mm-hmm. I wonder to what extent the criticism matters and to what and and when it's just kind of clouding you and filling your head with someone else's vision and I mean if there is some kind of objective standard for good or bad art or something、um, criticism can help but I think it's often It just fills your head with someone else's view that will then color your own view of what you're seeing. Well, there's, there's, I mean, there are some who think that actually the act of criticism is not really to do with whatever it's criticizing at all.、Yeah. Rather, criticism itself is its own kind of thing and its own kind of、uh, value yeah, and I mean, interest. I,、uh, sure, and that's why people like certain voices and things. And say, oh, it's excellent critic and things like that. Yeah, fantastic yeah. way of describing things. But maybe that doesn't actually bear any relation I mean, I, to what they're criticizing. Like I, I do feel myself sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I do feel myself sometimes, sometimes. drawn to the the kind of futurist way of thinking here that 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 maybe criticism is just you know, whatever. You know, what do I care that that some critic says something in the Guardian? That is, isn't it somehow like sapping you of your own creative? Like your your own ability to to discern what's what's good or bad in art, I guess. I don't know. I I, I, I go know, back. I genuinely go back and forth on this. I genuinely、yeah. feel a little futurist about it. I don't know. I mean,、uh, I think they definitely. Oh, it's mainly only find... when I. It's only mainly when I disagree with a critic, though. Which, yeah. Which is self-serving garbage. But yeah,、mm. I see what I mean. I see what you mean.、Yeah. I I think、uh, they definitely want to have the individual. Be something of a critic. The way that they interact, they they want you to be active at least in,、uh, when looking at these images. Boccioni, in particular, well, they want they want, you, they want you to create the, the viewer. They, they want you to 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 like say,、oh, "Fuck criticism, just create, create、uh, something of your own." They do like exhibitions, though. Well, in nineteen twelve, they,、like they yeah. have、uh, the first futurist exhibition in yeah, London but, and but, in but Paris. Like, again. I, Like they the, like they do、yeah. like exhibitions. They're not totally against them. But I guess but criticism, they, criticism as opposed to creation, I think is something that that they do toy with. And I think so. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I I also feel is a bit. 
Seven. Was non-productive, <laughs> yeah. Seven. Sweep the whole field of art clean of all themes and subjects which have been used in the past. So we've been alluding to this a lot, and I think this is a good time to connect it with... Um, Throw them all out, finish them off. The portraitists, the genre painters, the lake painters, the mountain painters. <laughs> Down with all marble chippers, <laughs> cluttering up our squares and profaning our cemeteries. Yeah, they're clearing the way. Will they be successful? In their, in their aim of Which yes, funny because change all subject matters and also have brand new themes. What's funny because I think if you like often when you when you see lots of really great works of art mm-hmm. they, like it's they, they're, they are masterpieces or they are great works of art because they sort of tap into that universal well of human experience um, that that Paranian. in the best of times mm-hmm. right in in the fanciest of of artistic flights would like you know exactly be perennial be go reach far beyond your experience into anyone's experience um so yeah whatever you know whatever screw that well let's pave over it with cement i think they are trying to do that to some extent like i mean they're interested in a contemporary life um and i guess you know people have been wearing perfume from time immemorial i mean since human beings have done the you know all sorts mm-hmm. of things wearing clothes no, i mean painting, i mean like like look there, there is obviously there is obviously something to this no to to not talking about the rape of europa and yeah. uh, you know i don't know hercules forever um <laughs> i guess yeah so they they're rebelling against that from the images of them that we've looked at so far i think but they're charitable that they mm-hmm. are somewhat new they, they are, are somewhat new, but, but the themes are rather reduced, right? Well, by speed. I mean, by the next uh, a lot of speed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they don't think it's been properly expressed, not been properly captured. I mean, look, they're. Speed. I think they, they, they are. They are painting themselves into a bit of a corner. Is what I think. Like, like the the, the things that this movement could produce mm. in this form, mm-hmm. I think, are reducing. There's a lot more negative than there is positive. Even even in this one that is supposed to tell you what you should be painting, what you should be doing. Well, Marinetti gives them 10 years, right? Oh, right. He gives and, them 10 and, and years and then, then they're superseded. Then they'll be killed. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Fair, fair enough. So you, you only... No, they are Viciously killed. Yeah. So you only need, uh, I guess, 10 years worth of material. So fair enough. Eight. Support and glory in our day-to-day world, a world which is going to be continually and splendidly transformed by victorious science. The dead shall be buried in the earth's deepest bowels. The threshold of the future will be swept free of mummies. Make room for youth, for violence, for daring. What a lame way to finish. Yeah, that's a pretty lame finish. Oh, make room for youth. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Make room. Really make, room make room for us oh, and I for know. our violence and our daring. Make it's room almost, for our daring. It's like a petulant child, isn't it? It is. Ah, I don't like it. Do you think Marinetti came in after these guys had been slaving away their manifesto all day? Um, and he, he came in I don't, probably fresh off of killing a different cyclist yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, his, yeah, yeah. in his car. He's had another accident. Yeah, yeah, he just killed a cyclist and um, he added this in just to just to screw with them. <laughs> Maybe, right? I don't know. He's if that he, type did of he guy. Any, uh, did he, I don't, we don't know if he added anything specifically. We know that he gave his signature uh, and suppose he gave uh, some finishing touches. I feel like Marinetti's the type of guy who would do that. 
(laughs) purposefully ruined (laughs) their manifesto. But, um, so yeah, eight before the lame finish support and glory in our day to day world. The world is going to be Uh continually and splendidly transformed by victorious science. This is part of the the every man thing that he had going from the last manifesto. It is. Yeah. Um, Innovation again. Oh, listener, if you could see Thomas's dejected face at the moment. He's really been murdered (laughs) by that final line. Last time, last time, hurling defiance at the stars, he was like leaping with joy. Seriously. And now, now it's just miserable. Honestly, I said... (laughs) Oh, no. Um, I mean, we've already said about the science. We, we've said that we discussed whether we yeah, think we it's, talked uh, about it and... whether it's the uh, project of learning or whether it's uh, uh, like trying to aspire to uh, some scientific truth, propositional knowledge. Or, but look. Or whether it is, let's not get into whether Kuhn yeah, or no, no. similarity. <laughs> oh, good God, let's no, not get into uh, Kuhn. Philosophy of science. Uh, no. Uh, nobody wants we, to hear that. Exactly. L- literally nobody. Yeah. This yeah. is what happens when you have a podcast done by two philosophy students. Well, yeah. uh, graduates. Yeah, we're, we, we have graduates. I know, I still time. think we're... Oh, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, I think the only... The it's only a long the, the last year. thing we have to mention here is... Do you think this moves the Futures Painters forward? I don't think this moves them that much forward. No. A few months later, they're already on a new manifesto. The, yeah. the technical manifesto. They realize... Hold on, we haven't actually said much. We, Anything, they've talked about yeah. subject matter. You're right. They've, they've talked about subject matter and they've... Yeah. yeah. That, that, but that's I mean, surprisingly, they, they don't hate all of the old artists. And in fact, they celebrate some of those, like they actually have something to say about Rembrandt and Goya and Rodin that isn't entirely negative. They Rodin just... wasn't really old, was he? Then. No, no. But again, they want almost a hard break with a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, this doesn't really move them forward much. Um, mm. At least not, you know, to us. We don't really see that yet. The next one. And we've lost a lot. We've lost that wonderful animalistic language. There's, there's something we didn't mention. Um, you remember where uh, Marinetti says, yes, uh, we've got that wonderful uh, animalistic oh, language. He's, for... he's, he's smiling again. Yes, he's excited. Yes. Gesticulating wildly, seriously. So hold oh. on. I'm actually going to go back a little bit to actually find... Um, the reference because it's, it's I think it's so important and you'll just see how he lose they lose it in this one um, where we have the the uh, nightly ardour of arsenals and shipyards ablaze with their violent electric moons of railway stations voraciously devouring smoke belching serpents of workshops hanging from the clouds by their twisted threads of smoke this is all from the uh, 11th declaration from the futurist uh, manifesto here however where we have an opportunity for something like that instead we just have the iron network of speedy communications which envelops the earth, the transatlantic liners, the dreadnoughts, the marvellous flights with furrow, which furrow our skies, the profound courage of our submarine navigators. The, I, exactly. Yeah. Where, where's, the, where's the electric uh, uh, language? Where, where is the... Instead of... I don't want to be hearing... They, they should be talking about a, a thousand sharks... Fly, uh, Coming out onto the land. A thousand sharks (laughs) flying from the sea in a a tornado, perhaps. Yes, Yes, exactly. No, that's what I'm looking for, though. They have this opportunity to carry it on, and they don't. 
They are not poets. I mean, down with, said, down with but all I'm the marble. They have a few good quips. Down they with do. the marble shippers. Mar- marble chippers. Uh, down with the critics, those complacent pimps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gouty academics. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, overall, hey, pouty um, professors. Oh, that alliteration is not very good. Well, it might be brain. It might be old It's brain. the old brain. <laughs> it's it's yeah. Robert brain. Old brain. Could be, we don't know. Well, look, on that slightly depressing note... Terrible disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) On that terrible disappointment... Yeah, heartbroken. It's time to end. Individuals left dejected. Thank you very much for listening to The Manifest Image. Yes, Uh, second episode. Second episode. All of the materials will be available in the description below. Mm. Please follow us on all of our uh, socials, including LinkedIn. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know about LinkedIn. That's ridiculous. But you know, and all the other ones, like Thomas's favorite, Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, our absolute favorites. No, no. Thank you very much. Next week we have the technical manifesto for futurist painters. For futurist painters, and as always, I will continue to slander Thomas and his family's good name. Thank you very much. <laughs>